Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Wow, we're talking about Jeff Anderson. Uh, Good morning, everyone. On this Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, the morning after, you might be a little bit sleepy. Might still be awake. Sleep out of your eyes after the uh, a roller coaster of a high level basketball game last night downtown Creighton and Marquette, a game in which Marquette won, crowned them the champs of the Big East. They came in, they got a win, they got out, and there's a lot of emotions after what happened. A 40 minutes of basketball in just a great atmosphere. Fantastic atmosphere yesterday. People showed up before the game. It felt like a big game in the bars downtown, outside of the arena, in the arena before the game. It felt like a big game all the entire game. It felt like it was a high-level, big-time, one of the biggest basketball games in that building. And at the end of the night, Marquette wins. Their dudes showed up when they had to be dudes. I know there's a lot of discussion about what happened in that game. And we will, of course, go through all of it. But in my opinion... That game for Creighton was lost in about a span of the end of the first half and a good eight to ten minutes of the second half. That game did not come down, in my opinion, to the last minute. It came down to that stretch where the building and the roof was about to blow off to, uh-oh, from down eight to up ten. That tip shock is smart. I didn't think he'd get stops. I thought Creighton would win last night, and Marquette comes into Omaha and wins. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Jimmy. Good guys, morning. You guys sleep uh, much morning. after that game? I, I felt exhausted. I went to the game last night. I, I was like, you know, I'm watching it with intent as a college basketball fan. Last night was my night to go as a guest with a diehard longtime season ticket holder for uh, Creighton. I thought we were going to be late. Texted me and said, court's running long. And I was like, oh, that's bad. Are you going to be able to get out on bail? <laughs> uh, but it was uh, it was juiced in there last night. Marquette and Shaka Smart, uh, and we were about 15 rows behind the uh, Marquette bench. We did not have Robbie Lula seats. Uh, his yeah, was directly behind the bench. Nice. Uh, nice. But, man, that was, I enjoyed that last night. That was a good basketball game this time of the year. I said it felt like an early second-round NCAA game. What a, what a night. And in a way, the – things that we kind of discussed yesterday you saw it happening where okay you're kind of filling out for the first part of the game and then you know Trey Alexander kind of opens it up a little bit there beyond the arc and then as we talked about big game atmospheres in in certain buildings not every building but certain buildings you have that opportunity to sort of kind of you know throw the avalanche on a team Mm -hmm. and it it kind of happened there for Marquette there you you know you get Creighton sort of rolling and you got to get the the timeouts and the places going nuts and you're feeling somewhat optimistic heading in, and, and I'm glad you mentioned the end of the first half because I think a lot of people are focusing on maybe the first 15, 20 possessions of the second half, but at the end of the first half, too, you, you start to, you know, again, get a little careless with the basketball there. You can maybe have a chance to maybe maximize that lead a little bit more. Not saying that that would have been the difference in the mm-hmm. second half, 
but you got a little bit of that the, the home crowd into it probably having its impact on Marquette and then as we've seen good college basketball games of this magnitude you see adjustments at halftime Shaka Smart they stepped up their defensive pressure it really did hamper Creighton things were not easy for Creighton there in the really the first 10 minutes of the game if all of a sudden you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh it's a 10 point deficit so the swings of it too and then you get a Creighton comeback and again the crowd's getting back into it and then you get the end of the game that uh, we'll just say a bit controversial but I, I would also Why? say it's not to me but we'll discuss yeah and the the reason was you know and, and I was watching the broadcast so I wasn't there but you know I, I know even Nick Ball had kind of a tough time deciding whether that should or should not have been called because there was a little bit of contact with Nemhard and Cam Jones but I, I think by by focusing on that, you probably take away what was one of the better performances when a team needed it uh, in Tyler Kolick. That dude was yeah. awesome Absolutely. in the second half. I mean, hit the game-winning shot over Kalkbrenner. Right. When they needed to make plays, him and Cam Jones were the dudes, and Creighton didn't have enough dudes at the end. But when it is, like you were just alluding to, it's 32-20 last night. That place is going nuts. Mm-hmm. There is a frenzy, and I'm thinking – this is Man, it. Man, Creighton's going to blow Marquette yep. out of here because all of a sudden, Creighton's getting production from the bench. Baylor Shireman without the headband, which he looks very, very odd without he the does. headband. But that's for the post-show yep. podcast that we're going to do today. <laughs> uh, but Baylor Shireman was back, and things were rocking. Mm. I mean, they were feeding the post. Things were looking good. They were intense on defense. Marquette wasn't able to move the ball from side to side. I mean, everything was in play for Creighton, and they're up 32-20, and the place is beside itself. And what did we talk about yesterday? In that building, fans feel like they can will their team to a win, and you throw out the knockout punch, and you had a sense that that was coming. And then all of a sudden, Marquette settled down, and they made the run at the end of the first half to make it manageable. And then coming out of the locker room where Creighton was flat, they were they Marquette made adjustments, slight adjustments, and and Creighton went away from feeding the post, mm-hmm. and they got very lazy on both ends of the floor. And I thought they were really flat. And all of a sudden, Marquette goes on that 13-0 run where they forced Mac to take two timeouts. That's where the game to me was lost last night for Creighton. I know there's a lot to unpack at the end of the game. To me. That was a foul that was called on Nemhart. Now, the timing of the whistle is bad yeah. because you blow the whistle before the ball is even inbounds. Because that's that's a hold. That's a foul. Yeah. That is a foul. The timing of when uh, Jeff Anderson blew his whistle is the one that draws all of the ire. So to me, that's a foul. And also at the end, where this is a point of contention that people want to talk about, is after the missed free throw where Creighton still has a chance, and it's Shireman with the ball, that's not a foul. He created the contact on his own, and you're not going to bail a guy out. So, to me, it was a foul, not a foul, but the bigger issue with Mr. Jeff, the official, who does a lot of high-level games, I mean, he worked in the Final Four last year, and the Big East loves him, is they've got a problem in the Big East office this morning. Not with the call, because that's the right call on Nemhard, right non-call at the end of the game. There is a horrible, horrible look from him last night 
after he calls the foul on Nemhard yeah. right in front of the Creighton bench. And Mac, and I know this, if you if you watch it and you go back and watch it, like mm-hmm. you're in the building and we didn't have a good look. If you go back and watch it, you can see that's a foul, but it should have been called before the ball came right. about. Agreed. So so Mac is irate, and they're right there together. And you know in that moment, and it was heated, and the place has got a ton of energy, Mac lets him have it. Mm-hmm. My issue, and the Big East should have an issue with this, is my man in stripes was ready to square up. Yes, he was. He gets in the face of Mac, and he's got clenched fists. Yep. What was he going to do? <laughs> was he going to throw a punch? That was an awful, awful look in the moment. Now, you can go face-to-face, and you can have your disagreement. Right. But my man was ready to throw down. He went clenched fist, and, I mean, he was he was going to go at Mac. That's a bad, bad look for a guy that gets a lot of really, really good games. My money's on Mac. You made the right call on the foul. You blew your whistle late. You blew your whistle late, but you made the right call on the foul, and then you made the wrong move in what you did to Mac. Well, and the – because you could tell when, you know, Mac is giving it to him, you can easily read the lips of Jeff Anderson. Says that's an effing foul, Mac. And – I get that, look, officials, and especially you've got it, the context is everything. You've got to factor in the, the gravity of the situation and what that building was experiencing, what Anderson and the entire rest of that crew is experiencing right there. This, is, this has always been a bugaboo of mine, too. When officials, you know, it, this, we could be talking football, baseball, or basketball. When you make a call that you feel pretty strongly convicted in, but then you you react in a way that is defensive. And I, I think that it wasn't necessarily Anderson not trusting the call, but I think it was the amount of heat he was not necessarily getting from Mac. Because, look, if you're an official at that level, you're used to getting the business from all of the, the, the coaches, mm-hmm. high-end coaches, especially in those types of games. You talk about some of the, the most well-known coaching personalities. I think that that was a sort of a defense mechanism of the entire the gravity of the moment, of the crowd, the booing, the and it's one thing to boo, but I mean when it gets kind of intense to where if you're an official, you feel like this is, you know, on the border of being a hostile environment. You get intense, and the first person mm-hmm. that is lighting them up that's within earshot is Mac. And yeah, I, I'm with you. It's not a good look. But I do think that that's probably the, the context of what is going on. He's not defensive of the call itself, but of the moment. My man had his fist clenched. And that's crazy because I did not even notice that's that. That's some Joey Crawford I, stuff I right I did there. not even notice that his fist. But you could tell he was a lot more animated than an official trying to explain a call that was a big call. And, and I'm not even saying he should have done so in more of a calm manner. But you could tell he was a lot more confrontational than what you're typically going to see. And there's a lot of times he's the show. He makes it about himself. He is the show. So lots unpack throughout the entire night. Uh, a high-level game between two teams that are you know could meet again on a Saturday night at Madison Square Garden. But hat tip to Marquette, man. They, they came into Omaha in an atmosphere that could have turned them upside down. And at the end of the game, their dudes were dudes. Cam Jones was cold-blooded. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that guy, when you need a bucket, I'm going to him. But when you need that extra play, that extra pass, that extra awareness on the floor, Tyler Kolick is also 
a dude. And he hit the game-winning shot. I mean, Creighton also had an opportunity. You couldn't ask for a better look than Trey Alexander got. Trey Alexander got a clean three look that just didn't drop. Right. Now, also unpacking, as the game comes to an end last night, and again, where I was sitting, we're behind the Marquette bench. And Shaka Smart's going to be the coach of the year in the Big East. My man, there's a lot of energy that comes off of him during a game. Especially in a game like that. Lots of energy. One, can somebody out there help me? What is the stomping? So this is the first time I've seen Marquette in person. And and I guess when you're watching on TV, you, you don't, you don't pay close attention to it, but why why Shaka does their stomper? staff stomp on the floor? Is that a play call, or it must be something? Because they did that continuously last night. I also noticed... Patino used to do that. Well, there's another thing about Shaka. He likes to talk to the guys on the floor. Yeah. Like, like something about Trey Alexander. You know, the, the DePaul. Mm-hmm. The, the DePaul assistant coach talked to Trey during a game, got him fired up, and he, you know, he stepped on their throat. The... The the Marquette like Shaka talks to players yeah. on the floor and, and and maybe he knows some of those guys through the recruiting process I don't know but it just is kind of an odd look at certain moments of the game but the game ends and Shaka draws the ire of a lot of people because he's everywhere mm-hmm. okay he I, I I still have a hard time looking at him with hair. <laughs> And that just is really, really odd. That's exactly what my wife said last yeah, night. I was like, it, what? That's Shaka just, now? That's just, what Texas did to him. It just it grew it, his hair out. Shaka smart with hair is going to take a while to get used <laughs> I wish to. I could say this. Most people lose their hair. So, Shaka's grows his. You know, I, 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 think, I think the student section last night was giving the business to Marquette the entire game. As they should. And I think the people that uh, you know sit in the bougie seats that are not Marquette supporters behind the visiting bench, you know, they get a little salty. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the place had uh, drank a little bit before the game yeah. last night. Um, so you see the emotion. When you win a game like that, you see the absolute emotion. Yeah. Okay, so he jumps up and he hollers. Um, something was thrown onto the Marquette right. bench. Yeah. So here's the other part of unpacking what happened at the end is kind of a bad look, whether it be an official who squares up essentially on Greg McDermott is – Mac has to start in a game like that where you had a ton of eyeballs, and that's an NCAA tournament game. Mac has to start his post-game press conference apologizing for something that was thrown onto the Marquette right. bench. And I and I don't know if Mac saw it or his you know Marcus Blossom told him you know after the game, hey, um, there was a little incident. Something that was thrown on the Marquette bench, and so Mac took it upon himself to apologize. And then I understand that after the game, he went. And apologize to the Marquette locker room. Just a which wild, is really first a, class on Matt. A wild, wild night at the uh, Chai last night, and so I, I was exhausted. I got home after ten. I'm like, yeah. How long did it take Whoa. you to decompress before you could like settle down? And I don't. Know, I, I was along with the 18,000 other people <laughs> that were there like, whoa! I thought I played the game. Yeah, and, and it was one thing to kind of watch it, and we, we've all been a part of environments where. It's just, I mean, there's just a huge buzz. Maybe the stakes are high or not, but the game sort of comes down. It plays up to the atmosphere where it comes down to the very end. And, you know, watching it, I mean, just alone kind of deciding of the last five seconds of that, like how, again, was it controversial, the whole look of everything? And then, yeah, when it was weird, too, on the, on the broadcast, you see two objects that are up in the air, but it looks like it's across the court. It looks like it's opposite of the benches. 
So I don't know if those were just kind of thrown up in the air, but it looked like there was some stuff that did come onto the court. Now, it, going back to Shaka, and I remember this when they upset Kansas in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four. Oh, he was he was he was John, and he almost kind of had self in his crosshairs because that carried over into the Final Four weekend, where you know they were talking about you know the road to getting there, and and he kind of still brought up like Bill Self and basically how he outcoached him. And look, he he did, and yet kind of carrying into the following year, like he I think he keeps receipts, and <laughs> he's one of those guys. And and I get it when you're at a VCU. Mid-major, you're still trying to, you know, play that, you know, that David role against Goliath. It was interesting. I, I didn't expect anything less with the emotion that he showed. But, and you might know this better than I was because you were closer to it. Was he kind of, was there moments where he was sort of staring down the fans? Like there was kind of glares, maybe going back uh. to the fans. Like I, I know that that was being talked about on social media. I did, again, couldn't see that in the broadcast. I don't but. Know. It's probably, he probably has a little bit of rabbit ears. Yeah, that's what I was curious. Like if somebody maybe said some type of comment, it got him to react a little bit. And then so once the game was over, there was the excitement. And then there was kind of the, you know, turning back like the whole what, you know, type thing. I didn't, again, I didn't see a lot of that because as soon as I saw a couple of objects go, I'm like, oh God, what's going to happen here? You know, but, and, and yes, good on Mac. Sucks that he has to, again, set the tone in a postgame presser to talk about a lot of things and have to mention that, but it, it just goes to show you the emotion that was involved in this game from the head coach on both sides, from the officiating to the crowd. I mean, that's the type of game, especially when it comes down to the end, and there is a whistle that is going to get the attention of a lot of people, and the crowd is going to see the way the Creighton bench is reacting. You're going to feed off of that. You know, there, there might have been a lot of people in the sense like, wait a minute, what, what, are the, what do they call them? Then they, you look, immediately look over the bench and you see this confrontation between official and head coach, then you're all in. I'm on Coach Mack's side, and that was a bunch of bull crap, and I am not going to stand for it, and I'm going to let him hear it. Yeah, Marquette is here to stay. Chaka, Chaka Smart started 0-3 in the Big East last year. He's 25-8 and since then. That is a relatively young basketball team mm-hmm. that came into Omaha and beat Creighton and swept Creighton this year. Marquette is no longer the Woj. <laughs> They're legit. And it's it may we, we talk about Creighton and Yukon have become a rival. If you think about since the Big East invited Creighton in and playing games at home, Marquette might have two of the biggest like daggers mm-hmm. in, in Creighton home history. The game where Hauser hit the three and then Marcus Howard went off. They won in overtime. We were talking about that the other day or uh, yesterday. And then last night. That one's going to resonate yeah. for a long time. And kudos to Marquette. They're, they're on a path now to win the Big East regular season title. And the Big East tournament's going to be fantastic because before the game began last night, everybody's watching the end of the Villanova-Xavier game. Yeah. And Villanova, you know, the, the top half of the league, they just haven't lost at home. Right. And they haven't also, like, dropped to a lower team, except Xavier, they lost to Butler, mm-hmm. is Villanova, Justin Moore, man, healthy, last night. healthy Villanova might be an issue at Madison Square Garden. Scores 25, and they upset Xavier. Oh, by the way, Creighton coming off of last night's game has to go to Philadelphia to play an 11 a.m. Central yeah. game on Saturday. Just, uh, there's just a lot in last night, and we all, uh, we'll talk about it, of course, throughout the entire uh, morning. You can join in. As well, you got thoughts either in person, you watched it on TV, you listen to uh, John on the radio, 
951-1620. The lineup is brought to you by the Rooferees of John Higgins Weather Guard. Jeff Anderson. Wow. My man. He he does like himself some Jeff. That is it's it. not last night, it's not the first time I've I've said that. But his call was correct on Nemhard. The timing of when he blew the whistle was really, really late, which just added to the ire. My man. I mean, you got to. In the moment, that's that's a bad, bad look. That is a bad look. Uh, Bronson Arroyo will join us coming up at 8.30 this morning. Uh, you all know Bronson Arroyo, pitcher. Memories. Red Sox, Reds. Reds Hall of Famer. He is now... A, how should we say, a music star? He's a musician. Uh, he has released his first album, Some Might Say. So. And it's Bronson Royo and the it's the 04s. Oh. I mean, you think about the significance of 04 and Bronson Royo and Major League Baseball. And that's what you'd think of. Yeah. Yeah. So he is bringing his hard-driving rock to uh, America, and he'll join us coming up at uh, 830 uh, 9 o'clock, Scott Shanley stops by. The franchise tag window is open. How you doing, Daniel Jones? Uh, and also, Brandon Vogel will stop by at 9.40 from Hale Varsity to add to a, a good show. Lots to discuss, whether it be last night downtown. Uh, Adrian Martinez and Mike Riley could be meeting soon after the USFL draft yesterday. Don't forget Bob Diaco. Well... Nick, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that will never forget Bob Diaco. <laughs> uh, you can always uh, get in touch with the show in the Equitable Bank inbox, Gary at 1620thezone.com, uh, Nick at Signaling. I always mess up your email address. It's Handley at 1620thezone. Handley, Handley at 1620thezone. Also on the JTAC Construction Zone Twitter feed at GarySharp1620, uh, at Nick1620. Good lineup, good discussion. There is a lot more because there were guys that disappeared last night. Uh, that were wearing blue, not just up 32-20, and all of a sudden the intensity disappeared. Uh, there was a particular individual that once again went AWOL. Mm, we'll see if we can find him uh, over the course of the next three and a half hours. Off and running on a uh, Wednesday. Glad to have you in. There's Nick. There's Jimmy. I'm Gary. It's Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 